information presented on For the People is provided as general legal information. The general legal information is intended to inform consumers, is not intended to substitute for specific legal advice as it relates to the listener's specific legal issue. Consumers are cautioned not to rely on the general legal information broadcast on For the People as legal advice. No attorney-client relationship is created, intended, or implied between the consumers of For the People and Deborah Rainey Esquire, the compassionate lawyer, or the law office of Deborah D. Rainey. Please consult with an attorney for your specific legal issue. We the people says the Constitution created for creating solutions. However, we the people lack the understanding. Legal terms and conditions sound written on another planet. Our rights we take for granted often sounding away our chances because we don't really know the circumstances. <coughs> I swear I can't stand it. Then we're so demanding. Quick to throw up a picket sound in the streets to exercise our freedom of speech when the situation could have been avoided from the start if we the people conquered basic knowledge of the law. So this is for the people. Law in plain language. Breaking it down for us in layman terms. Deb expressing her compassion and will for us to learn not for a check but to address how to win in these streets this show is for you this show is for me it's for the people what's up what's up what's up what time is it it's time for the people, law and plain language, with me, Deb Rainey, your host, the compassionate lawyer, joining me in the studio with, okay, with you, joining me in the studio <laughs> is my For the People fam, as usual, Black, yeah. Yeah. aka the rich poet, Black rich. dead poet. What's this up, is girl? The broke poet, Black in the building. You know. <laughs> also, last but most certainly not least, the hardest working lady in radio. The PhD candidate, simply the producer. Hey, producer. I hate finance. Groovy. I really do. <laughs> Groovy. <laughs> oh, my God, y'all. I was reading some of her um, articles in her finance book, and wow. Wow. All those people out there that had some um, ideas about going to law school, if you're in law school, or if you're in some kind of a master's program, you're blessed. Be blessed. Wow. Wow. It was actually inter- interesting information, but the way it was put together was yeah, she read like make two you want to smack somebody. That's where the interest starts to wane a little bit. <laughs> Let me oh, say man. a special shout out to President Barack yeah. H. Obama. H. For those of you that missed the inaugural celebration yesterday, it was fantastic. My producer baby recorded it for me, so I got the special opportunity to actually see president obama do his speech and it was fantastic i'll probably be able to pull it up on youtube or something and there were pieces and portions of his um speech that were just brave bold and real i just got one thing to say to our republican brethren's my advice to y'all, cut the eye holes in your KKK mask a little wider so you can see what's going on. Because he just slammed y'all. I'm not saying nothing else. I'm not putting down Republicans. I'm saying cut the holes in your mask a little wider so you can see what's happening. 
And that was your open mind of view. You're not saying anything negative? Quite open minded. We the people declare today that the most evident of truths that all of us are created equal is the star that guides us still, just as it guided our forebears through Seneca Falls, Selma, and Stonewall, just as it guided all those men and women, sung and unsung, who left footprints along this great mall. To hear a preacher say that we cannot walk alone, to hear a king proclaim that our individual freedom is inextricably bound to the freedom of every soul on earth. Wow. For those of you that didn't get or understand the references to Seneca Falls, hopefully everybody knew the reference to Selma when the state police beat the hell out of the civil rights marchers. Some people may not know the history of Stonewall, but starting with Seneca Falls, it was an all-female, one of the very first female meetings of great female minds, female orators, orators getting together, trying to figure out a way to get women's rights recognized, the women's suffrage movement started. Stonewall happened in the 60s, and it was a small little dive bar in New York. I think it was in Greenwich Village, if I'm not mistaken. And New York City Police Department had started a policy of harassing, haranguing, locking up, and beating folks who um, went to gay establishments. And Stonewall was that one straw that broke the camel's back, so to speak, when the gay folks who were being abused decided they was going to fight back. So to hear President Obama, a modern-day president, black male president, say that his gay, our gay brothers and sisters should be treated and given the same equal rights as everybody else was so refreshing, and it was just so fantastic. Did you read that part? Just I was going to find it. Throughout the course of the program, I'm going to throw little tidbits out there about his speech. Um, almost every news agency, CBS, CNN, Fox, everyone has the text of his speech if you're interested in it. I got mine from CBS News. Enough of that. President Obama, please be safe. Sure. You did well the first term, my brother. You didn't have to duck and dive. Now that your agenda's out there and they know they're going to be coming for you. Secret Service, do your job and keep that man safe. God bless the Obama family. God bless yeah. America. And boy, they can dress too. <laughs> well, we... I'm going to save that for later because <laughs> I had a little bit of issue with Sister Sister Michelle's dress last night. The, the red one. The, the red one? It looked like a, far away, it looked really nice until she got close up. It looked, like, it looked like pajamas. <laughs> I asked Renee. That's as, exactly what she as said. As soon as I seen her coming on the screen, I said to her, what Amish designer did she hook up with? Man, you I, know just, that dress I just didn't well, like that uh, dress at all. Ten houses right now. But <laughs> she can take something as homey as that and make it eloquent. And I think that's the... Yeah. Je ne sais quoi about her. That's why people fall in love with her. All right, we digress. Welcome to another edition of For the People, Law and Playing Language. If you didn't know, you're listening to www.gtownradio.com. G-Town, the what? Sound from German Town. Tonight's show is entitled, Will I Need? Isn't that cute? W-I-L-L-I-N-E-E-D. Basic overview of wills and estates. And Renee put a little subtitle underneath of it and said, what? My family's going to steal my... my dysfunctional sh- family will fight over my... <laughs> Not if you ain't got yeah. that. <laughs> so basically tonight, it's my intention to provide you an overview of what the law of wills is about, why you need a will, what it's about, um, what happens if you die without a will. Also, I'm going to talk a little bit about other documents that you generally prepare or want to prepare in addition to or in lieu of 
or to have along with your will. And, you know, I want to add something in there before you get into that. Just to say that just because you don't think you have anything, um, whether it's a house or a car, um, if you're a dysfunctional family, is anything like my dysfunctional family. You need to write something um, down because they're going to take it and, and even, sell it and get and rid of even it. Even if you do write it down, they will take it from your babies. They'll take it from your mama. I mean, they will be ruthless. So. And this is especially important for those of us who are in non-traditional relationships, shall I say. Gay relationships. Or a man and a woman who's been together in Pennsylvania, and since Pennsylvania doesn't recognize common law marriages anymore, if you're in a long-term relationship and you're just not married as the law recognizes, you might want to have a document of some sort that protects you and your partner. We're going to talk a little bit about what a health care directive is, a power of attorney, specific versus general. And I promise y'all, it won't be boring. I'll keep it popping. And you know Black's going to help me out. And you know the the producer by virtue of her not listening, listening sometimes <laughs> provides lots of comedy for she us. keep it groovy. So we're hoping that the information we put out today is going to keep you guys entertained. And it's definitely, most definitely, information that you need. If at any time you want to join in and call us up, ask questions, hit us up on the studio line at... 215-609-4301, or you can text in at 215-435-4099. Hit our Facebook page, For the People Law and Playing Language. Twitter us. Tweet us. Tweet, <laughs> I'm going to get tw- that right. Twitter us. At <laughs> FTP Law. Send us an email, for the people at com. And I must warn you, if you call into the studio... Please don't try to hear yourself on your computer speakers because there is a delay from the time you ask your question on the phone and I respond to you. And if you're so busy trying to hear yourself on the computer, you're not going to hear me and I'm going to talk about you. So turn your speakers down on your computer. I promise you this will be recorded. You can go to www.forthepeople.podomatic.com or www.debrarainylaw.com. Either one of those two sites to download the podcast and you can hear yourself all day. Before we go into tonight's show, like I always do on every show, talk a little bit about last week's show. Last week's show, we talked about child support and child custody nightmares. I basically tried to give you additional information about child custody and child support that we didn't cover in our comical um, episodes, and that was Baby Mama Drama, Baby Mama Drama and Daddy 2. Baby Mama Drama and Daddy 2 for real this time, y'all, or something like that. So there's like three... (laughs) Podomatics in our past shows that you can go back and listen to and in last week's show i told you how child custody is established the fact that custody is a legal term created by the judiciary custody itself just refers to which person received an order from the court getting primary physical custody we talked a little bit briefly about what shared legal custody means both parents have the right to make decisions as it impacts a child's life We talked about child support, how the Pennsylvania legislature sets up a child support guideline that, based on income from both parents, will determine who the obligor, the person who has to pay child support, and the obligee, the person who will receive child support. We had a caller, G. Good looking out, G. How you doing out there? I hope you did what you were supposed to do to get the arrears taken care of. G called. He lives in Philadelphia, but his child is in um, California, River. What did he tell? What county was it? I don't even remember. Anyway, it's a county where they are not apt to be um, forgiving to a father who has um, child support arrears. And he wanted to know what he could do, if anything, to lower his child support arrearage um, payments. 
We also learned that Pennsylvania does not have a statute of limitations on past child support owed. Mama Black, go get it. (laughs) (laughs) We finally, we heard from Ariel. Ariel, if you're listening, how you doing? Hope things are going better for you than the last time we spoke. Ariel told us about her stalking, um, never going to give up baby daddy, who attacked and assaulted her as often as he could because he could. Jumped on the car window, right? Right. And now has her embroiled in a protection from abuse battle as well as a child custody battle, despite the fact that he was an absent dad for seven years. It was an interesting show. Go back and check it out. And by the by, this is episode number 52. Uh-oh. We were supposed to have a celebration for episode five zero. The producer being embroiled in school. She dropped the ball. Bottom line. What happened? Uh, I knew that would get her. <laughs> the producer is going to hopefully come up with some sort of celebratory something for our 50. Even though we're two episodes past our 50th episode, we're going to be figuring out some kind of celebration or something. Oh, that wasn't me. Well. And uh, so a little bit more with the news. We're still, we haven't given up on the theme song competition, y'all. Just just listen up. Things have gotten a little busy, and so that's that's taken a little bit of a backseat. But we will be um, getting back and getting that, getting the details of that hammered out. And for those of y'all that care, Miss Black just sold two of her poems that she wrote especially Uh-oh. for a particular group. Baby girl about to make some money. She about to blow up. Don't try to rob me. I so if fight. you're out there, you have a nonprofit, you have a group of some sort, and you're in the need or looking for a phenomenal orator, someone that can write a personalized poem for what you need, hook up Black. How can they hit, hit you up, Black? They can hit me up at Rashawn Black, R-A-S-H-O-N-B-L-A-Q at Yahoo.com. Or you can, of course, hit up For the People. That's what I'm talking about. Tonight we're talking about will I need my dysfunctional families most certainly going to take my stuff. So why is it important to have a will? First and foremost, Black, what is a will? A will is a document that says where where all of your belongings go and who they go to. When you pass on. Wow, that's pretty, that's that's fantastic. That's exactly what it is. Who says where the belongings go and what happens to them when that person passes on? Whose wishes are they? It's the person that passed on wishes. Exactly. All right, smart pants. Now, yeah. why do you need a will? You need a will because if you don't have one, all of your belongings will be up in the air and your dysfunctional family is going to take all of your <laughs> asterisk. <laughs> There's also a separate legal sort of idea a legal arena called intestate laws we're not gonna go too much into that if you want to look it up into your browser capital i-n-t-e-s-t-a-t-e basically the law of intestate says if you die without a will and you're married and you got children half goes to your wife the other half goes to your kids equally split if they die before you and they have kids so on and so forth if you die without a wife or kids and you got sisters and brothers it goes to them Next, if you don't have any of them and you got parents, it goes to them. Next, if you don't have any parents, it goes to your parents, siblings, so on and so forth. That is the law of intestates. If nobody survives you and you ain't got nobody, the state gets it all. I don't care if you've got a beat-up 1925 hoopty. If you die without anybody and nothing declaring what happens to your property, you don't want the state to get it. They're not going to appreciate it. It did something for you. Appreciate it. And that's like exactly- Bertha, when Bertha go down, 
we're going to bury Bertha in the car gr- graveyard, and she's going to have a good life. No, we're going to sell Bertha for parts. I'm sorry. I'm going to make a car graveyard. Don't be blowing my bubble. Don't be busting my bubble. Bertha's going for parts. Well, I need some headlights. She's going for parts. Okay, people. And I do have to say attention. that's what happened to my ex-mother-in-law. Her stuff went to state. The state, yeah. Well, she had family. Well, that's the one. That's the one who her ex-husband chopped her her up. So he was the beneficiary, but because you kill somebody, you're not. And we're gonna go there. We got some. We got some questions. Just some couldn't get it. It went to the state. Just some quick little historical tidbits. We'll go back on to our show. The Seneca Falls Convention was an early and influential women's right convention, the first to be organized by women in the Western world. It was held in Seneca Falls, New York, July 19th through the 20th in 1848, planned by local New York women upon the occasion of a visit by a woman from Philly who was considered to be a um, phenomenal orator. That's just something I thought that y'all would want to know. If not, get over it. You know it now. (laughs) So we're talking about wills. Black gave us a really wonderful definition of what a will is. And Renee... Ma'am. What do you do with the will once you write it up? What you do with it? You need to file it somewhere, don't you, so that it exists? You need to safeguard it. Make sure someone in your family know where it's at. Well, your sister, your brother, your husband, your priest, your clergy, somebody. So let me ask you a question then. What if they wrote it? So if, if, if is that why when my father died that everybody in my family had their own version of their will? Yep. Okay. Yep, and I was just going to go there. It's not just important to write the will. And Renee said that, and I, based on my question, Renee said you file it. No, the will gets filed in probate court after, after you die, after but, the person dies. But does it help to avoid dysfunctional families like mine? From well, you can't send, you can't file a will in probate court until after you die. Probate suggests dealing with a deceased person's estate. So you don't file it in probate court until you die. So I'm going to jump ahead. So how do you keep dysfunctional families like mine from everybody coming up with their own version of the will where they are the beneficiary. If you are if you are writing a will, you make sure someone that you trust, namely (laughs) the person who you name in your will is the person who's going to be responsible for making sure your wishes are adhered to. That person's called the administrator. Make sure he or she knows exactly where you put your will. I suggest put it in your safe deposit box Wherever you store your important papers in your house, if it's Should under you your mattress, put it under your mattress. If you keep it in your drawers drawer, keep it in your drawers drawer. If you keep it in your sock drawer, keep it in your sock drawer. Don't keep it a secret. It's really not going to do anybody any good if you die suddenly. You had a will, but no one knows where, that, where it's at. Then you die what's considered intestate. There's no will. Someone has to go to probate court, apply to be your administrator, blah, 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 blah. We'll go more into that later on in the show. But if you're going to do a will, prepare one, make sure someone knows where it is. If you file a will and have an attorney do it for you, the attorney will keep a copy on, of the will and keep it under lock and key based on whatever your instructions are to your attorney. Most of us, well, I'm not going to say most of us, folks who don't think they have anything, right, mm-hmm. they're less inclined probably to have an attorney get involved they're probably the kind of folks who to go to Staples and get those pre-printed will documents, go on LegalZoom.com and get those pre-printed will documents. And there's nothing wrong with that. But make sure if you're going to go use a pre-prepared will, 
that that will you're using satisfies the laws of the state that you live in. If you're a resident of Pennsylvania, don't go getting a pre-prepared will for Massachusetts because the fiduciary laws and the state laws here in Pennsylvania differ from Massachusetts. Not by much, but they do differ. So, so let me ask you a question. How easy is it for someone to fight a Walmart will? Well, we're not there yet. She's just <laughs> dumping all over the place. Did I, get, I did not give you a copy of my outline. Oh, my bad. Oops. So... <laughs> Before we get to the challenge of the will, let's keep it simple and talk about the basics of the will first. What should be in the will? Is there a requirement or a format that the law requires that you have? No. The bottom line is this. If you want your will to make it through probate without these challenges that Renee is saying, make sure when you're writing your will, if nothing else, the person that you're going to name in the will as as the executor, we'll get there in a minute, knows exactly what your wishes are. A guy on our block, older gentleman from down south, he's about 80, wrote up a little handwritten two-page note of all the stuff he had, his fishing rods, his jewelry, his shoes, his shirts, his coats, and asked me to put it in the form of a will. And I did. It was very easily written. This was going to that son. This was going to that daughter. This person was going to be in charge of his will if he died. If she died before him, then he, I mean, he really just laid it out. I don't think he talked to an attorney. He just knew what he wanted to do. And he talked to each of his children to know what his wishes were. So hopefully he has his will hidden away somewhere safe. But the person who he put in charge of it that he named in the will knows where it's at and can easily access it if something happens to him. The legal term for the person who you name in your will as the person you want to be responsible for ensuring that your wishes are followed through is called the executor for a male and executrix for a female. Don't worry about all that. In your will, you're going to say, I name thus and such to be responsible for ensuring that my wishes are carried out. If an attorney prepares your will for you or if you go to LegalZoom or one of them other legal-like sites, they will put the legalese in their executor, heirs, beneficiaries, bequeaths, and all that. You ain't got to worry about all that. If you're just putting together something on paper that's going to indicate what your wishes are, it's important for you to use as simple language as you can so folks reading it can understand what your wishes are. I all I don't suggest that you try to do a complicated will by yourself. If you have three or four properties, cars, stocks and bonds, CDs, um, other very expensive things, I would suggest that you reach out to an attorney who specializes in wills and have that person help you write your will up because then you can talk about trust funds and the like. We're not going to go into all that because that gets it really, really, really boring. But it's really important, particularly for anybody out there who's in a non-traditional relationship, gays and lesbians, for example. And if you do have a dysfunctional family, you are in a non-traditional relationship, yet not too sure if your family likes your non-traditional partner, you can best believe the dysfunction's coming out if you die. And well, if you don't protect care, protect your partner, take care of your partner, and you don't put nothing down in writing, and you live in a state like Pennsylvania that does not recognize domestic partners, that partner will not get anything because under intestate laws, when someone dies without a will, guess what? If you don't have a spouse or kids or brothers and sisters or other heirs, or folks who can take from you, the state will get it 
Oh. And I do have to add that Dysfunctional Family 101 says <laughs> that even if they do like you, you are their favorite niece, daughter, cousin, mother, father, and they actually Satan love Satan comes spouse. out in them when you die. When you die, all bets are off. So wow. if if you're listening right now, go take a little pee-pee break, a little smoke break, and come right back. We're going to take a quick break. Thanks. What up? Corporate thugging, what up? It's a new day. DC mix. Yeah. yeah. My president is black. My main back too. And I'll be goddamn if my diamonds ain't blue. My money's dark green and my Porsche's light gray. I'm headed for DC. Anybody feel me? My president is black. My main back too. And I'll be goddamn if my diamonds ain't blue. My money's dark green. So even in a racist mind, he's half right. If you have a racist mind, you be aight. The president is black, but his house is all white. Rosa Parks sat so Martin Luther could walk. Martin Luther walked so Barack Obama could run. Barack Obama ran so all the children could fly. So I'ma spread my wings. You can meet me in the sky. I already got my own clothes. I already got my own shoes. I was top of Barack. Imagine what I'm going to do. Hello, Mr. It is now our, our generation's task to carry on what those pioneers began. For our journey is not complete until our wives, our mothers, and daughters can earn a living equal to their efforts. Our journey is not complete until our gay brothers and sisters are treated like everyone else under the law. For if we are truly created equal, then surely the love we commit to one another must be equal as well. Our journey is not complete until no citizen is forced to wait for hours to exercise the right to vote. Our journey is not complete until we find a better way to welcome the striving, hopeful immigrants who still see America as a land of opportunity, until bright young students and engineers are enlisted in our workforce rather than expelled from our country. Our journey is not complete until all our children from the streets of Detroit to the hills of Appalachia to the quiet lanes of Newtown know that they are cared for and cherished and always safe from harm. You were listening to Jay-Z, my president is black on the other side of the break. That obviously was another um, excerpt from President Obama's second inaugural address. I have to say, critics normally, uh, most of the critics on CNN on Saturday, Sunday, prior to his um, delivery of the second inaugural speech, said that the second 
addresses are normally not that memorable, normally not that important. I have to disagree. I think that President Barack Obama's speech was fantabulous. Probably he put a lot into that. Fantabulous. And he let you know without any doubt, this is my agenda the second time around. I ain't got nothing to worry about. I can do that, which I think is important. I think that's fantastic. On the other side of the break, we told you that our show is called Will I Need? Basic overview of wills, estates, and some other documents that you need to know about and be prepared um, to create and have available in the unlikely and unhopeful, and, and hopefully nothing will happen to you, but we can't control that. None of us have any control over when we go. We just need to make sure our loved ones are prepared in the event that we do go. And I know that minorities, and I'm going to speak to my people right now, black folk in general, Mm. don't like to talk about that kind of stuff. I'm not going nowhere. I'm not going to die. I'm going to live forever. Okay, you can think that in your heart, but be prepared just in case. So wills are kind of like cancer. And domestic violence, they whisper about that stuff. If you out there and you know somebody who's 50, 60, 70, 80, particularly if you live in Philadelphia County, Pennsylvania, there's a wonderful nonprofit. Um, you can go on the website, actually, and put in there the Senior Law Project or the Elder Law Center. Either one of those um, websites provide a wonderful step-by-step guide for you in preparing your will, your health your care directives, your power of attorneys, most of the documents that you're going to need as you um, cruise through your twilight years and you're relaxing and retiring, you still want to make sure that those people you care about and that you want to keep safe and keep them covered in case something happens to you, that you do so. On some other future mm-hmm. show, we're going to talk a little bit about insurance, life insurance, and those kind of things. And hopefully we'll have some insurance folks from various insurance companies that offer various insurance policies to talk to us and not bore us, though, about the importance of life insurance, for example, and the, some of the um, easy step-by-steps insurance policies for dummies type thing. Um, most people that you talk to probably don't have a will. I know that people in my age bracket, 1966, back to probably 1950, we probably don't have wills. And I'm talking about the low to middle, low class to high middle class to low, high, high class. Because we don't think about those things. We're so busy working doing the things that we do, and we're establishing a relationship that we figured that those things are going to take care of themselves. More people, I think, are getting educated about it, but I bet you if you talk to many of them, they haven't gotten around to getting the will. They know what it is. They know how important it is. They just haven't gotten around to it yet. And if you're one of those persons, please stop. Think about it. With all these strange goings on, all these kids and teenagers and healthy middle-aged folk dying from flus and stuff, you never can tell. With the climate warming, all kind of things are going to change. You've got to be prepared. Well, the one thing I want to add to that is that um, I could work with John Norris, and anyone that knew John Norris knew that he had a life insurance policy on everything, including okay, the fish. Okay, now, is but, that just... <laughs> but, but I no, think folks uh, who have John, had... John Norris is her father, y'all. <laughs> folks who have had wills, and I've had wills off and on over time, I think the second most important thing to do is to update it. A lot of times folks die or they have a loved one die, and it's like, oh, shit. This is like marriage number she three. She said the S-H-I-T and word that twice will, but, but without I used it. But I used it 
in a way that you're not supposed to. <laughs> Let's not try to wrap around it. Um, I want to keep the topic tonight simple. Renee keeps adding extra stuff. No, but, onto but it. I think it's updating but that's the will. Not, but that's not an easy topic to talk about. Cardicels and updating. And what she's saying, ladies and gentlemen, is absolutely true. And we're going to have more than one show on wills. And she's right. If you do have a will now, you want to update it. Thank you for bringing that forward. But well, I don't want to go welcome. too far into it because there's a whole lot of other considerations <laughs> I, to be made. I, that's th- I think she's offended. I, I, I see I, uh, her face. My feelings are hurt. And you Listen, know she's I am upset because this flower. is the first time she's listened to a show and had some <laughs> legitimate <laughs> offerings. That's what that is. So, but no, Renee's cares. absolutely right. If you are one of those listeners and you do have a will, make sure that you read it periodically to make sure things have, have not changed. Or, for example, when you first made it, you had stocks and bonds as a result of this un, un as a result of this unfortunate recession, maybe your stocks and your bonds lost their value. Well, I wasn't even trying to make it that complicated. That much, I'm just much. saying maybe you're on husband number three and your will still reflects husband number one or two. Well that's your dumb fault. <laughs> you on husband Damn. number one. Listen, if you Damn. smart if you smart enough to have three husbands, I know doggone well you smart enough to update your stuff. Because you most definitely got hit half of what mm. husband number one and number two had. And the update there is too. And your lawyer got paid for getting you half of what number one number two had. <laughs> okay, but she's so. absolutely right. If you do have an existing will now, you want to make sure it's updated. And even if even once you write your will now as a result of listening to this show, which I know all of y'all going to go do, you're going to make sure that you take a look at that periodically. I say every time you... Do you file income your income taxes. taxes. There you go. You pull your will out. You pull your power of attorney out. Any other document that you've prepared and have, or have prepared for yourself to help guide you through your twilight, take a look at it and make sure it's updated. Make sure it reflects what you have. But for those of us who are on that basic level are still waiting and figuring out and don't have a will and still waiting for us on this show to tell you some reason why you need to get one, we're going to let you... Um, here are some of the questions that were emailed to us in preparation for tonight's show. Well, I actually have a great one. Um, and hopefully you don't beat on this young person the way you just beat up on me. And you know that I am a delicate flower. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, I'm taking my thumb and my index finger of my right hand. And I'm making a really small little space between the two, rubbing them back and forth. That's the world's smallest violin playing. <laughs> I don't give up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So here goes the email. My grandpa is getting older, and he raised me my whole life. He has no other family. I have two sisters. They don't help me with my grandpa. Do I get everything when my grandpa dies? That's a loaded question. And God bless you, young person, for taking care of your grandpa. Your little siblings out there, don't let them know when grandpa passes. They don't come see him. I'm just playing. It's going (laughs) to depend on a number of things. The first one is, are you a blood relative to your grandpa? You know, in some of our neighborhoods, some of our cultures, we got play cousins, play uncles, play grandpa. And I'm serious. For purposes of the will and for purposes of intestate law, which I told you, intestate means someone dies without any recognizable um, transference document, for lack of better terminology. So are you a blood relative of this grandpa character? If you are and grandpa doesn't have a wife, right? doesn't have um, and, and your father or who, if you were related to grandpa through your parents, for example, and both of them are gone, you're going to take under the law whatever their portion would have been. And unfortunately for you, if your sisters aren't play sisters and they're real blood sisters, 
and also related to Grandpa, you're all three going to take equally of whatever it is that Grandpa leaves. So it's going to depend on if there's a blood relation there. So since Grandpa is still alive, and as long as Grandpa can still think for himself, take him to the Senior Law Center, take him to the Elder Law Project, and have him do a will. Go online to LegalZoom.com, pull up a Pennsylvania will, hit me up, Deborah at Deborah Law, ask questions, get the will done before Grandpa gets too far gone and can't do one. Because in other words, if this young man does not do that, I'm assuming it's a young man. You're going to be fighting with your two sisters for that little rubber penny that Grandpa got. And because they are trifling and don't help, I'm sorry, and because they are (laughs) not the best sisters with helping out I'm saying, she spit all over, trifling. trifling. (laughs) Those two little help since they are not helping, they are going to be coming after everything, and they are going to try to take your portion oh, that, of that, it. That's the dysfunctional Trust me. part, huh? Trust me, that's the dysfunctional that's part. That's why I will put money on the fact that they're going to cut you out. Okay, yes, ladies and gentlemen. She is a little bitter because her <laughs> papa died and her trifling, dysfunctional family did exactly what you feel that she's portraying. Yes, they did. And the only reason why it wasn't pursued is because she told me to back off. Because Deborah put her lawyer hat on and was ready to do some things, and Renee said, no, let it go. So, she's... Um, because I was the bigger venting. person. Venting! So, so what if Grandpa is too, too far gone to, to put his own will together? I was going to not really bring that up too much, but say before another show. But there is something called a, a guardianship. And what is that in a nutshell? You are someone who cares about an individual. Let's say an elderly person like Grandpa. And he's in a position now where he doesn't have control of his faculties anymore. You want to reach out to a legal group, nonprofit, CLS, or a lawyer who does pro bono, or a lawyer who'll do a, a discounted fee for you and file a petition for guardianship. You're seeking to have the court, first and foremost, declare Grandpa to be incapacitated. In other words, in a position where he can't care for himself. And you're going to say to the court, declare Grandpa to be incapacitated and appoint me as the guardian of his body and his estate. Allow me to be the person who legally can act for Grandpa. And, and if that's the case, that will allow you to create a document or create um, steps and ideas and plans for what to do with Grandpa's property in the event that he does pass. But you got to be careful because some of the instruments the court gives you, some of the powers, for example, that the court gives you, when an, inter- when an individual dies, those powers may c- cease to exist. Mm. So it's a little bit of a um, more involved legal process. Not quite as easy as I made it sound, but that's just something, and that's a good question, that you needed to know. It's called guardianship of an inca- incapacitated person. So certain states call it different things, but for the most part, it is a guardianship where you're asking the court to let you be the guardian of that person's body. Good question. So that actually feeds into a question I have from Sarah. Sarah asks, and this relates to the young man with the grandpa and dude. Sup, Sarah? I'm telling you, your sisters are going to take everything. Okay, baby, moving on. Moving right on. Okay. (laughs) Um, It says, okay, so I went on LegalZoom, paid the fee for my will. Now what do I do with it? Very good. Sarah, if you were listening to the earlier portion of the show, what I suggest that you do is you take that will and you make several copies of it. A lot of lawyers, old school lawyers, will suggest to you that you have witnesses sign and attest to the validity of that will. What you do is create a signature page with the witness's signature. Yes, I witnessed Miss Sarah making this will. At the time she was making this will, she was of her sound, right mind. 
I know this to be her last will and testament. They sign it and they date it. Pennsylvania does not necessarily require witnesses to witness a document, a will, in order for it to be legitimate. I always suggest that you get witnesses to witness your will and take it to a notary and have the notary notarize it once the witnesses place their signatures and you place yours. You don't have to, but I recommend that you do that because it makes the will that less that hard that much harder to challenge. Renee was asking a question about challenging a will. Once you die, I'm really quickly the process works like this. If you have a will and you've done what we've suggested you do so far, give it to somebody, make sure someone knows where it's at. The moment you die, your death certificate comes through. You're either going to have a lawyer or a family member or hopefully the person who you named in your will to be in charge. Take that down. And in, Pen- in Philadelphia County, it's called the Register of Wills. Most county has an office called similar to that. Called, it's called the Register of Wills. You take your will down there. You say, you know what? This person is dead. Here's a death certificate. I want this to become an official court document. Once that process starts, the Register of Wills people in there are very, very nice, and they'll walk you through the process. We're not going to talk about all that right now because we just don't have enough time. That will is going to get started to be um, legalized and what they call probated. And the probate is just a fancy word to say, okay, we recognize this now. This is the wishes of that person. Based on this document and the, the court stamp, we're going to make sure that this person's wishes are now adhered to, right? You got to pay taxes and make sure that if there's any debt collectors out there, they get paid first based on the estate and the whole nine. And I'll readdress that in a second. Anyone who has a legally recognized relationship to the person that died can at any point file a challenge to a will saying, I don't think that's the real will. I talked to grandpa before he died. Grandpa told me he wanted me to have his mink. Nah, bitch. Grandpa told me I was getting that mint. Nah, bitch. On A&E, they have a wonderful show. And what's it called? Um, it's about wills, and it, it shows famous people when they die how the family fights about the will. It's a really fabulous show. and I think it's called Last Will and Testament, but I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. I'll go look on A&E's website and put it up on the Facebook page. The one I saw was a battle between Willie Nelson's baby mama one, two, and three. Their kids wow. were fighting about some property they left in Willie Nelson's estate. I've said the word estate several times. What does that mean? The moment a person dies, whatever that person owns becomes their estate. Estate in this sense doesn't mean a house or a castle or grounds. If I die and all I leave is a bank account with $25, that's my estate. If I die, I leave a house, a car, a business, some stocks and bonds. All that is encompassed in my estate. But don't get, don't, make no mistake, if there's an insurance policy out there with a named beneficiary, that does not become a part of my estate. Oftentimes, people get that confused. I have several life insurance policies. My partner is my beneficiary. In the event she dies before me, our daughter, Niall, is the beneficiary, along with, I think, my sister somewhere down the line. And that is not a part of my estate. My estate. So if I died, that insurance policy is separate and apart from my estate. By the by, if you have a bank account and you want someone else to benefit from that bank account, if you die, go to your bank, ask them if they have this, payable on death. What does that mean? If something happens to you, there's a person you can name for that money to go to, and that bank account will not be a part of your estate, but I suggest you put it in your will anyway. Upon my death, I have an agreement with Citizens Ghetto Bank that payable payable <laughs> on death, my great-grandbaby Shaniqua gets my money. Find out from your bank what documents they have and what they call 
the state of your account going to someone else of your choosing if you die. Also, if you have a second signatory on your bank account, make sure you understand the, t- the kind of signatory power you gave them. Some banks will allow that signatory to act or become a payable upon death person. So if you have a business account, for example, you and your partner, good people, he's a signatory on your account, make sure that signatory doesn't turn into a payable upon death if you don't want that person to get that money. We're going to talk a little bit more and go a little bit more in-depth about these sort of ideas and functions and the notion of the estate, what the executrix and executor's job is, what the um, administrator or administrator does later on in our subsequent will shows. I just wanted to give you a general overview of why a will is so very important. I think that we have a few more email questions sent in, do we not? Indeed, we indeed. This one says, so my dad was killed by my mother, and my dad's will throw leaf my my dad's will though leaves everything to the step monster. How can I fight this? <coughs> Excuse me. Can I presume that the mother that the that killed the dad is the, is also the step monster, or is there a different mother? I don't understand uh, the question. That's just let's let's answer it both ways. If you your mama killed your daddy, presumably mama's in jail unless she successfully defended the murder charge with a self defense claim. So, if she's no longer married to your daddy, she gets nothing. Once they're divorced, they're divorced. She no longer takes. And if daddy has a will and he's remarried, he's he's probably written her out of it and she ain't in it anyway. If the step monster is given everything in daddy's will, that's who gets everything, unfortunately. By law, if a person writes a will and expressly or on purpose leaves people out, those people cannot collect based on that will. Doesn't mean those people can't court and challenge that will. Let me break it down more simply. In this question we just got, the the writer said that mama killed daddy, but daddy had a will and everything was left to the stepmother. I'm hoping and praying that that doesn't mean daddy didn't didn't leave anything to the chillin'. Because if he expressly left them out of his will and didn't mention them, in some states, that will be construed or considered his intention not to leave them nothing. Mm. In other states, no, just because he didn't mention them doesn't necessarily mean he intended to exclude them from the And that's world. why I said update that will. So person who asked that question, if you have an opportunity to look at daddy's will, go look at daddy's will. And if daddy left everything to the step monster and she tells you and your siblings that he didn't leave you nothing, hire an attorney and challenge that will. If you think you're in a position or in possession of enough information about your daddy's proclivities, his the things that he wanted to happen, if something happened to him, you can go to court and challenge the will and say, nah, I think that bitch put the whammy on daddy <laughs> and made him do some stuff he normally wouldn't do. You know what I mean? The whammy. <laughs> Good question. Any uh, more questions? We got, we, got any more, any more yeah, questions? we got another one. My father died. There's a car in my dad's What's home. What's with all the daddies dying? Good God. Mama killing everybody? That's, that's how it's going down right wow. now. No more deadbeat daddies or mm. deadbeat daddies. And by the by, real. I meant to mention something. In that, that last question, sorry, Black. If, in fact, by mother that person was referring to the step monster, most states now, if you kill somebody, you can't benefit from your killing. In other words, 
if the stepmother killed daddy, stepmom can't take anything, even if she's named in the will. You talking about what my states have that? Slayer statues. What if she's a beneficiary. It don't owner? matter. She's not allowed to benefit from her criminality. The Slayer statues say you kill somebody, you can't benefit from their death. So here it is in plain language. My ex-husband chopped up his mother. He couldn't get shit. Oh, he didn't get the, no. And he would have been her only heart. heir. He, he was the so, right, he was so the, the state heir. got her shit. So Sorry, guys. That was Renee getting me. Just, just badly influenced me. Badly. <laughs> so if you're interested in your state's Slayer statutes, put in your browser Slayer, S-L-A-Y-E-R, statutes, Florida. Slayer statutes, Pennsylvania. I'm pretty sure all 50 states have some man or some, some semblance of a Slayer statute. So listen, women out there, your husband's getting on your nerves. You want to go upside his head with a hammer? He got a little something. Don't do it. Don't <laughs> do it because you can't collect nothing. And if you are contemplating doing it, go outside, get you a joint. Calm down. I'm just kidding. Get you some wine, some brandy, and chill out. But if you go to Massachusetts, where else? Washington State. One other st- state where they legalize weed, you can get as high as you want to. So go move to one of them states and chill out. For sure. Next question. All right. So my father died. There's a car in my dad's home and one of there is a car at my dad's home, and it's in my sister's name. Does my sister get to keep the car? That's an interesting question. Remember what I said initially about the term estate, the legal term estate. When a person's died, person dies, that which that person owns, car, house, whatever, all becomes a part of the estate. However, if daddy prepared a will and said, I give, leave, bequeath, devise this car to my daughter, thus and such, it becomes hers once the estate settled and all the bills are paid. Daddy died. Let's say daddy dies without a, uh, without a will. Someone has to go to, down to uh, orphans court, probate court, whatever it's called in your area, file for permission from the court to be the person responsible for taking care of the, de- the dead person or decedent's wishes. You're asking for what's legally known as letters of administration. You don't got to worry about all that right now. All that means is you're asking the court for permission to be in control of divvying out the dead person's belongings to where they go. The sister, if the car is actually in her name, is entitled to a portion or value of that car. So you can't just ignore the sister if, let's say, some other sister goes to court and gets permission from the court to administer the estate. The sister whose name was on the car has to get made even. She got to get her money. What if dad left the car to another sibling? Well, if dad didn't demonstrate that in some way, in writing, deed, or something, it don't matter. It goes did, by the laws still of in the her state. Name. Say it again. What if he did demonstrate it to, to one of the kids in like a will or something, but it's in the, the other sibling's name? Well, hopefully you ain't got a bunch of dysfunctional chilling, and they can, <laughs> work, that out. Family and they can work that out amongst each other. More than likely, the car. It, let's presume that the car is in both daddy and the other child's name. Because let's say she's a college student or something. Dad was helping her out with the car note or what. Presumably the person who goes to court and says, hey, I want to be in charge or administer this dead person, my father's estate. They're going to be responsible enough to know, you know what? Dad intended this car to be hers. You feel me? He did that by putting her name on the car. But we know that there are dysfunctional families out there. That's why, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to keep saying this. You need to have a will. Have a written document to demonstrate, indicate, tell the whole world what you want done with your stuff. Next question. All right. 
If my parents will assign or gives all of us kids equal amounts in their estate and one of the siblings dies, what happens to that sibling's portion? <coughs> I'm sorry, what was that question again? If one of my parents will assigns or gives all of us kids equal amounts in their estate and one of the siblings die, what happens to that sibling's portion of the estate? Well, that's a sort of a complicated question because I think it says they're one of my parents or in my parents, both parents. Yeah, if my parents. Okay. Presumably, mom and dad lived long, 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 long time, and they wrote a joint will. And th- what the question essentially is asking, folks, is there's a certain amount of siblings, right? Mom and dad's estate left everything to all the siblings equally. But one of the siblings died before mom and dad died. And why is that important? We'll get to that later. If that sibling had kids or issues, the law calls it, those kids are entitled to what the sibling would have gotten their parent. Let's say there's four kids. Mom and dad are sick. They catch some joint marital bug or something. They both go to Africa, eat some nasty food, and they catch this bug that's deadly, (laughs) for example. They fly back to the country, and they're unfortunately terminal. They're dying. And one of the four kids is in a fatal car crash three weeks before mom and dad die. And that sibling had kids. That dead sibling's kids will take whatever the portion of the state that that parent was going to get. Let's say that sibling dies and there aren't any kids from that sibling. Then the remaining kids take everything equally. And that's usually how the law divides it up. The sibling who has kids, her kids under the law called issue if you really give a damn. Wills in the States is really not as complicated as it sounds. It's a very old practice that's been around for a long time. So a lot of the terminology is from old Latin terminology and boring as hell. Oh, my God. The biggest two courses that gave me fits in law school was Wills in the States and tax. And now I love them both. Go figure. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take a really quick break. On the other side of the break, we're going to come back, talk a little bit more about Wills in the State, hit on health care directives and power of attorney, And we're going to give you a little bit more taste of our president and his wonderful speech. If you're bored by the speech and you don't like it, get over it because what I'm trying to do. If you didn't know, for the people, law in plain language with me, Deb Rainey, your compassionate lawyer, the host, with Black, a.k.a. the broke poet, the Ph.D. candidate, simply the producer. Who is not angry at all at my dysfunctional family. www.gtownradio.com. G-Town, the what? sound from German We'll be right back.
Welcome back to For the People, Law and Plain Language. Tonight we're talking about Will I Need, W-I-L-L, I Need. Wasn't that cute? I came up with that and a couple other titles that the producer played around with bastardized and put them all together. Her little small (laughs) title underneath was My Dysfunctional Family Gonna Take My Stuff or something along those lines. We've been talking about what is a will, the importance of a will, and we've been answering some listeners' questions that were emailed to us Um leading up to tonight's show. 
I thought it was a very um, important, but I mean, it's sort of, and it may seem dry to some of y'all, but it's really, really, really important. One of our really good friends who we went to North Carolina, the beach to, uh, where did we go? What Cape did we go to? On the um, beaches of North Carolina, we spent seven days down there with, with a group of friends, the Mount Airy Lesbian Social Club, Mosque. It's up to any of y'all out there listening. Really good lady, friend of ours died, and it was sudden and unexpected, and the family couldn't find her will. They knew there was one because she was a meticulous person, and they knew she did one. She had a partner that she had been with for 20 years. They broke up, and she had a new partner who's a fabulous lady. JJ, you guys have heard her on some of our shows. She was also a judge on our spoken word competition. So it was um, sort of a rough going there. So it's really, really important to have a will, to understand the basic mechanics of a will, and know where and who to reach out to in the event that you want a will and don't know what to do. Mama Black! You need to get a will so you can have all that back child support you about to get. That's right. Equally divided among your children, and you're going to throw a little piece our way, right? Uh, I'm just playing. That's right, Mama Black. Ooh, don't ooh, worry. Ooh, 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 ooh. The Stonewall have, riots I, were a oh series God. of spontaneous, violent demonstrations <laughs> by members of the gay community against a police raid that took place in the early morning hours of June 28, 1969. Oh, I was three years old. She's reading from the At Obama the Stonewall Inn. inauguration No, speech. I'm reading from Wikipedia page about Stonewall riots. <laughs> At the Stonewall Inn in the Greenwich Village neighborhood in New York City. The Stonewall riots are widely considered to constitute the single most important event leading to the gay liberation movement and the modern fight for gay and lesbian rights in the United States. Of course, that was put on there by the person who compiled this information. And in case y'all didn't know, Wikipedia is a site by and for people. Anyone can go on there and put information in there. All they ask is that you make sure you put updated, legitimate information, not shit that you just guessed about. All right, so... But because Wikipedia can be edited by anyone, it is not... um, You can't use it and cite to it, folk, okay? You cannot use it but in most any kind people of a, who a, put, academic situation. You can, as long as you no, the qualify it. The schools don't accept it at all. Anyway, Professor, <laughs> Wikipedia does require those who input stuff to put to attribute the information to where it came from. In other words, you can't, you should not, let me, let me qualify that. You should not plagiarize on Wikipedia. You can't take somebody else's word and own it. Don't copy my sh- episode eight, my website. Anyway. So in case y'all knew some of this information, I just gleaned from Wikipedia and other websites. So we're talking about will I need. And I had a question. Here well, I didn't go. have a question. <laughs> I, someone, I was saying, ooh, 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 ooh. I got a good one. I got a good one. Someone knows or someone's family is dysfunctional just like mine. Wow. Go All ahead, right? babe. Go ahead. This is from Maurice. Maurice says, my dad had a will. I know he did. But my family is so dysfunctional. How dysfunctional (laughs) are they? Oh, my God. (laughs) Everyone is fighting just to agree to let one person take charge to even find the will. What can I do? Well, Maurice, boy, let me tell you. Oh, here she goes, y'all. Call me when you're done, baby. (laughs) Maurice, go ahead and find the will yourself. Maurice, reach out to Renee. Renee at (laughs) DebraRayLaw.com. Oh, (laughs) my God. Boy, wow. <laughs> Maurice, well, the first thing I would suggest that you do is try to bring reason to your peoples. By that I mean find a common ground that the family can agree upon. Like, 
Are y'all like Big Mama's family? Y'all have Sunday dinner? Did you not hear the word dysfunctional? Yeah, but even in soul food, Sunday dinner's the big old catfish and fried chicken brought everybody together. Oh, see, I need so to listen, take you to Nora's family Once you reunion. find a common place you can put the peoples in front of food, generally, while they eating, you sneak around and go look for Daddy Will. Is there something you can do legally? You can't react legally unless and until someone presents a document, pretends or tries to, tries to pretend, or tries to hold that document out as being daddy's actual will. You know for a fact that it's not, then you need to go see a lawyer so you can challenge that person in that particular document. Unless you've seen that document, Maurice, or you were with dad when he wrote that will, are you sure that you're going to know whether or not the document somebody finds is daddy's will? I don't know the answer to that question. Do you have a legal cause of action if your family's fighting so bad y'all can't find the will? Not really, because the court's not going to step in and say, y'all, stop fighting. There are some injunctions and restraining orders and things like that that might be viable for you, but in order for you to go there, you need to reach out to an attorney. Send us an email for the people at DebraLaw.com. And I'm serious about finding that commonality, y'all. I'm really serious about that. If you do have a, fi- a family and there's infighting right now and you can't even get to the point where you can find the will, cook some big old fish or whatever it is that you know the folk like. <laughs> Barbecues bring people together. Hell, have a sure. weed party if you need to. <laughs> find a common ground that you can get everybody together and then try then. And if not, sneak off, go look for the will while they get their grub on. Hopefully that answers so, your question. So, Maurice, I just have one question. Renee at DebraInLaw.com. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> well, I, I'm just going to say, in my family, we had people who he didn't even father showing up with a will. <laughs> okay? That's, that's to tell you how bad the dysfunction is. And he thank, wasn't even oh, their daddy. But thank God for probate court because that, that's when you can challenge those, those kind of documents. And as I said on the other side of the break, ladies and gentlemen, there is a process by which you have a right to take individuals to court if they're purporting or pretending that a document is the last will and testament of someone and you know that not to be true. I think we should have a dysfunctional family contest. And we're just going to invite the Norses on, wow. give them the mic, and walk out the room. <laughs> I don't no, know. I, I, I think the Birches uh, might have to take that. <laughs> <laughs> I think we oh, should really? have a dysfunctional family. I'm not sure what the topic would be, but I think it should involve dysfunctional families. We should have counselors on hand, though. Gonna need the police in here. <laughs> just some brandy and we'd be all right. Some brandy and some cigarettes. Newport, they'd be good. See, she ain't spending some no time vodka. with the Norris family in the wild, but she's feeling all warm and fuzzy right there. So some of the some of the te- some of the terminology you need to be familiar with, at least as it relates to wills. The will itself, as Black told us in the beginning of the show, is merely a document written down that details in the person's who's dying or dead what he wants to happen to his or her property. Within that will, you want to name a representative or an, an, an executor or executrix, someone who you want to have the responsibility of making sure that the details in your will are, are dealt with and handled the way you wanted them to. But really, really quickly, what is a health care directive? A health care directive is nothing more than an individual's wishes in writing as it relates to his or her medical care. If you have a condition, for example, that you think may end up either being terminal or leading to where you can no longer think for yourself or make your own decisions, you want to assign someone that you can trust to make decisions for you. 
whether or not to do surgery, for example, whether or not to keep life support on you and for how long if something happens and God forbid your bodily functions cease to the point where you need machines to breathe for you. Just in case y'all care, my other half has been told in no uncertain terms I am not to be kept alive by no damn machines. And if I my said, body stops, damn it, let it stop. I'm not going to be kept alive by no machines. But that's the sort of things that you want to put in a health care directive. Ladies and gentlemen, understand, with this health care directive and with your, your will, the person who you name as being responsible for carrying out your wishes, you have to make a a guarded decision. You have to make sure that person you trust them well enough to do what it is that you want done. Don't just pick some bitch that you met two nights ago. The running joke in the lesbian community, what do the lesbians bring on a second date? A U-Haul truck. You just met this lady, this man, three days ago. I don't think they should be the person that you put in your will as being responsible for carrying Michelle. out your rights because they don't know who the hell you are and what you, are, what you want yet. Someone that you know is responsible, someone that you know is going to be able to function notwithstanding or also dealing with your loss. So that's really, really important. That's the most important decision in addition to how you want your property disposed of that you're going to have to make in your will. And in your health care directive, it's very important that the person that you choose to be your representative to represent your needs and have the this health care directive for all intents and purposes is going to give the person you name the legal right to be you. What does that mean? To make the decisions for you that you would normally make as it relates to your medical condition. So that's a really important decision. Don't take that lightly. For the will and the health care directive, I would suggest one day when you're taking a little tea break, coffee break, or whatever, you sit down and you write a list of all those people in your life who you know or trust where you can trust. And by process of elimination or whatever you use, then you decide which one you want to have one, what responsibility. I would not, or I would suggest against making the person you re, your representative in your will the same person who's going to be your health care person, unless you put your health care directive inside your will. A lot of attorneys put those two together. But if you're making your will yourself to save some money and just to make sure it gets done, I would have separate individuals in mind. The last document I wanted to briefly go over is what's called a power of attorney. What is that? Power of attorney says that I heal, kneel, knight this person who I'm naming as me, having the right to make all the decisions for me myself that I would normally make, but I can't. Let's say I'm about to go into the hospital. I know I'm going to undergo a procedure and I'm going to be out for six weeks. That power of attorney is going to allow the person you name to do your banking, write your checks, get your medical records, all the things that you would normally do for yourself, the power attorney is going to allow that person to do it. What's the biggest difference, the practical difference between a health care directive and a power of attorney? A power of attorney can be specific, financial power of attorney, a medical power of attorney, or a general one. Health care directive is limited to those health care decisions that need to be made about your person. If you want more information about the health care directives, the power of attorneys, just put it in your browser and information will come up from every site out there. And believe it or not, there are big firms out there that specialize in wills and estates and um, documents like health care directives and power of attorneys. And they'll give you information. And when you go to your doctor's office, most of them will ask you to fill out a document that's akin 
to a healthcare directive. And if you do have a healthcare directive, make sure your doctor's office has one on record. For y'all that use the emergency room as the health as your doctor, I don't mean you. I mean the folks that have an actual assigned doctor. A lot of us just go to the emergency room and use that as our family doctor. I'm not Show. talking about that. Guilty. There's nothing wrong with that hospital having your healthcare directive, but your family doctor, your the normal doctor that you go to, should have both your healthcare directive and your power of attorney if you have a medical power of attorney. I always suggest to my clients, do not create a financial power of attorney. If you are going to do that, please talk to someone that you trust first so you can determine the reasons why you would want to have a financial power of attorney. Why am I saying that? Because you're going to give somebody the right to do what they want to do with your money. A power of attorney, remember, gives a person who you give it to, be you, and act in the way that you would act for all intents and purposes. Do not take any of these documents lightly. The power of attorney, the health care directive, or the will. Don't take them lightly. All three are very, very important. All three, you have to sit down and make some conscious choices. Be aware. Know what's up. If you have questions, as usual, email us for the people at DebraRainLaw.com. Sometime this week, I'll put a little bit more um, information on the Facebook page, and it'll come through Twitter. And maybe next year sometime, the producer, when she gets through financing, will put some stuff on the For the People Potomatic page. Renee and Black are sitting here looking at me like I got 12 heads, and <laughs> I'm not sure what that means. And the producer's doing her little running the finger thing, so I'm not sure what that means either. But you've been listening to For the People Law and Playing Language <laughs> with me, Deb Brandy, your host, a compassionate lawyer, Black, a.k.a. the Broke Poet. Yeah. Simply the PhD candidate producer. At this yeah. time in our show, as usual, I'm going to turn it over to Black. Yeah, for sure. Um, I ain't really get the topic this week, so this is going to be like way off topic. Um, I'm going to just spit a little something to encourage the people like myself that, you know, struggling to find a job, a good one, struggling to keep one, whatever the the, the case may be, man. We just got to keep keep striving. That's the only way you're going to get there, you know? So this is a little something I twisted up in in, in lieu of my hardships. <laughs> All right. Fresh out the pen, trying to turn things around. My PO said I needed a job, so I started looking and searching around, and I stumbled across something I found, and I gave him a call. He said, coming for an interview first thing tomorrow. So I'm like, damn, what I'm aware. You know, I started skitzing because I got to look. I got to smell. I got to be the position. I'm up all night, then I'm skitzing on my way to the building. When I get there, everything looked very appealing. So I walk up to the front desk. I say, hi, I'm here for a job. And I'm going to tell you right now, I'm the best you got. She said, whoa, slow down. You got to fill out an app. Give it back and someone to call you to the back. So I started filling it out until I got to that question. Have you ever been convicted of a felony? (laughs) Now, you know that messed with my pride. But I checked yes because I got nothing to hide. I turned it in. Then I got called on in. I'm thinking, damn, what I'm going to say, where will I begin? I get to the back. I say, hi, I'm here for a job, and I'm going to tell you right now, I'm the best you got. She said, okay, Miss Birch, you seem pretty enthused. Let's have a look at your application and see what you can do. She started reading it over until she got to that question. She saw I checked yes and changed her expression. She said, Miss Birch, this looks good and all. Let me see what we have, and we'll give you a call. I said, wait, hold up. 
I ain't even got no phone, and I've been waiting for this interview all night long, and if you give me the chance to stand, I will not fall. She looked up, and she smiled. She said, we'll give you a call. I said, listen, I just got released from jail where I lived in a four-by-four-foot cell, and you have no no, no thoughts of what I've been through. I've been stripped of every day, thank, down to the strings in my shoes. No belts, no chains. No, no, no wires in your bra. Every time I get a visit, I got a squat. I got a call. Then I finally got out and I wanted to cry. And my PO said all I had to do was find me a job. So I'm going to tell you one last time that I'm here for a job. And damn it, lady, I'm the best you got. She looked up at me, her eyes like two balls of fire. And she said, congratulations, Miss Birch. You're hired. Wow. Wow, that was spectacular. I was wondering where you was going with that. That's what I'm talking about. Really quickly before the producer kicks me off the air. Let each of us now embrace with solemn duty and awesome joy what is our lasting birthright. With common effort and common purpose, with passion and dedication, let us answer the call of history, carry into an uncertain future that precious light of freedom. Those of y'all out there in black situation, that poem, if it didn't do nothing else, should inspire you. Those of y'all out there in black in the rest of our situations, hold on to what our president is telling us. Have faith, because guess what? It's going to happen. Ladies and gentlemen, that's our time. Thank you for yeah. checking us out every yeah. Tuesday night, 8 to 9.30. You Say know. bye, fam. Good night. Bye. presented on For the People is provided as general legal information. The general legal information is intended to inform consumers is not intended to substitute for specific legal advice as it relates to the listener's specific legal issue. Consumers are cautioned not to rely on the general legal information broadcast on For the People as legal advice. No attorney-client relationship is created, intended, or implied between the consumers of For the People and Deborah Rainey Esquire, the compassionate lawyer, or the law office of Deborah D. Rainey. Please consult with an attorney for your specific legal issue.